Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am currently dog sitting for a friend and the dog is sitting on my lap. So if you hear any dog related noises, then that is where that's coming from. Now, today is going to be an extension of the episode on pleasure. I got a lot of good feedback on that episode and I think it's a really important conversation to be had, especially since I think many of us have sort of a complicated relationship with not only pleasure, but what we'll be talking about today, which is fun. And the reason that I think it's so important is because I think that both pleasure and fun and playfulness and creativity and some of these things that we would traditionally associate as more positive emotion are at the basis of reality creation. The belief that we could have a more fun, enjoyable, pleasant reality, which of course doesn't mean bypassing challenge, but there still is that recognition that we are deserving of experiencing pleasure in this life. And like I said, much like pleasure and much like the shame-filled relationship that we unraveled in that episode, it seems that similarly many of us have a somewhat complicated relationship with fun, which is interesting because it's such a simple concept, but this episode is really going to be about untangling that relationship and examining it and hopefully healing it so that we can integrate more playfulness and fun into our reality. Now, this is a theme that comes up for me from time to time in the way that I notice myself getting so incredibly serious and disconnected from things like fun and happiness and lightheartedness and joy, the things that really make being alive a pleasant experience. I frequently feel that I need to be reminded, especially as an adult, that I have the option of having fun, that I have the option of engaging with my reality in a more fun and playful way, and that I can give myself permission to do so. I also need to be reminded, and so might you, that I'm still valid if I'm having fun and that my value isn't determined by how hard I'm working, how much challenge I'm overcoming, and how seriously I am taking life. I think it's a highly valuable skill to be able to recognize when things have become too dark or too heavy and dense, and I think play, fun, and laughter can help us to break up that heaviness. I think this is a very valuable tool and very important to our being. The imagery that comes to mind when I think of the value of 
playfulness and laughter and lightheartedness and how that can break up heaviness and density is if you've ever been to a funeral or you've been in an experience where someone's passed away or something tragic has happened, just how dense and heavy and you know tragic that feels, but how nice it is to have moments of laughter and joy and happiness even in that difficulty. And it's not necessarily about valuing one over the other. So we're not talking about putting fun over challenge and difficulty or vice versa. It's about noticing when the scale has tipped too far in one direction and being able to restore balance. And I think for many of us, as we'll discuss in this episode, the scale has been tipped too far on the pain, challenge, enduring, obligation side of the spectrum. So we are needing to find ways to invite in more fun, playfulness, pleasure, and enjoyment. As you know, if you're a regular listener, my belief is that we came into this reality by choice to play, have fun, experiment, explore. And I often compare the way I view this reality to a video game because that's just what makes the most sense to me. Now, we won't spend too much time here because I do have a whole episode on how we can relate to our lives as though it were a video game, but the reason I bring this up now is because if you consider why you would choose to play a game of any kind, it would be, on some level, to have fun. Of course, challenge makes it interesting and adds excitement to the experience. If you were able to easily breeze through a game or if you had all of the cheat codes, you might find it quite boring. But still, it's generally understood that fun and enjoyment are a primary driver for playing a game. It doesn't mean that you can skip through the most challenging parts of the game, but you have those fun, exciting elements to balance things out and keep you coming back. A game that was super easy probably wouldn't keep you engaged, but neither would a game that was super hard. You'd probably eventually check out in either scenario in favor of a more balanced game that had elements of both difficulty and challenge, but also surprise, fun, and excitement. My perspective is that we've seemingly got to this point where we feel as though the only valid way to play the game is to struggle through it, but I think that when we engage with reality in this way in that we feel that it has to be this way and there is no space for fun and enjoyment and pleasure, I think that we kind of miss the point. But I want to talk a little bit about why we kind of get to this point and if fun is so necessary and valuable, why aren't we having more of it? Now, one of the questions that I'll share when I invite you to explore your relationship with fun is when did I stop having it? I think for many of us, including myself, the answer would be as we grew older and responsibility and obligation started to play a more prominent role in our lives. Because I started to kind of think of what the opposite of fun is. And of course, the initial feeling is boredom. But I think what goes hand in hand with that is obligation. And feeling like our reality is more composed of things that we're enduring rather than things that we're actually enjoying. It's almost like we learn that fun needs to be compartmentalized as something we do in our free time, that is if we even have any, but it should not be the sole focus or even a prominent focus. And I think that we make a false association with things like fun, playfulness, imagination, 
with childhood. We'll add labels like immature or childish to people who display certain qualities of fun, goofiness, playfulness, lightheartedness, and especially when they display these qualities in spaces where they are deemed inappropriate. On the other hand, we've seemingly arbitrarily deemed certain qualities as more important excuse me, for adulthood, which to me make life feel dull and honestly kind of claustrophobic. So I just googled qualities of an adult and the top response was adults are characterized by maturity, self-confidence, autonomy, decision-making, practicality, multitasking, purpose, direction, experience, and less open-minded and receptive to change. Now, the last one is really interesting to me, less open-minded and receptive to change. What comes to mind here is the idea that we all think that we're going to know better when we're an adult, but then so many adults, including myself, will tell you that they still don't know any better. They just got better at pretending because somehow not knowing would be a problem. So we have to put on an act that we know how everything works and we know what the right thing to do is because somehow uncertainty or not having decided about certain aspects of life is something to be avoided. And a quality of open-mindedness and being willing to be wrong and being willing to change your mind about something or evolve away from something would be dangerous. The systems that we spend most of our lives in, school and work, basically instill in us that in order to be valid, or I should say instilled in me, in order to be valid and succeed in the world, we need to align to these qualities. Fun and playfulness doesn't really fit into this picture when everything becomes very serious and calculated and purposeful and organized. My perspective is that when we grow and develop, in a sense, we're just shape-shifting and adapting to our environments and choosing which parts of us stay and what parts of us go. And because school, work, and societal environments expect or require a certain type of behavior and attitude as we become adults, that we know what we want, we're organized, consistent, driven, serious, motivated, professional, we adapt accordingly and let go of the qualities that don't line up to that expectation. So perhaps it's not a conscious pushing away or rejection of things like playfulness, creativity, imagination, wonder, open-mindedness, but it's more like a muscle perhaps that hasn't been used. Just because we're kind of taught that it's not needed for the environments that we will occupy as adults. But on the other hand, I would say that when we bring shame into the equation, it can be more of a conscious pushing away of these qualities like playfulness and fun. To be perceived as childish or immature is quite often a shameful thing, so it makes sense that we want to avoid or close ourselves off to the qualities that we traditionally associate with childhood. I also said this in the episode about pleasure, but it seems as though the pursuit of fun has become you know, viewed as sort of a self-indulgent thing, almost like a how dare you. We feel selfish or unworthy of having fun when circumstances around us are seemingly so dire. We may even feel that we have to be secretive of it if we're having a good time because somehow that would make things unfair or make us a bad person. If we're having too much fun or enjoying ourselves too much, then 
the attitude seems to be, and again, this is only from my perspective, but the attitude generally that I've witnessed seems to be that we need to be humbled and reminded of how bad the world is and how serious things are. For me personally, what this translates to is when I'm having a good time, I'm generally waiting for the other shoe to drop or I'm feeling guilty about having a good time. It's almost like challenge, difficulty, frustration, stuckness, dullness, boredom are the norm or expectation, whereas fun, enjoyment, and pleasure are the exception. The fun moments fleetingly break up the usual blahness of reality. When I ask myself why I have this type of relationship or outlook on fun and how this came to be, I think it's because my experience in the systems that I've spent the majority of my life in and have been taught to prioritize, again meaning school and work, I found to be extremely boring, dull, frustrating, and often anxiety-provoking. Fun, enjoyable moments for me were an exception, not the rule. So it's understandable that I've carried this expectation into the rest of my life. Fun is a nice bonus, but it shouldn't be expected or sought out. Seriousness, hard work, challenge, grinding, those are the things that we should expect out of life and that we should gravitate towards. When I read this narrative now, it makes us seem like machines or like I said earlier, almost robotic. My view though is that it doesn't have to be this way. I specifically feel that very strongly when I'm in nature or even when I watch something like planet earth and I'm reminded of all of the different life forms we share this planet with that are essentially living in a completely different way. There are so many different ways of being and I think we have the option not to participate in the idea that, you know, our merit is decided by how hard you work, how much you suffer, and how good of an employee you are, for example. I think that these are arbitrary qualities that we've collectively upheld, and we essentially created this reality for ourselves, which I think on one hand could be discouraging, but It also means that we can uncreate it or that we can create something new. It doesn't mean destroying all of the progress that we've made and throwing everything out the window. It simply means looking around and seeing how many people are struggling and suffering and feeling a sense of overwhelming pain with the way that we've set things up and recognizing that we could do better. And reconnecting with our deservingness for fun, play, pleasure, enjoyment. To break the association with qualities like open-mindedness, wonder, imagination, creativity, and fun with childhood and immaturity. To also recognize that these aspects aren't childish. They're just the attributes that were most active and alive before life convinced you that they were no longer necessary or appropriate. And lastly, that your worth isn't determined by how willing you are to subscribe to the qualities that someone else deemed necessary and important for you to succeed in life, and especially for you to succeed in adult life. So let's consider now 
what actually makes something fun and what does it actually mean to have fun? My immediate answer is that I think it's less about what you're doing and more about the quality of how you are doing it. I think you can experience almost anything as fun if you shift the way that you relate to it. In the same way that you can make things that are generally thought of as unenjoyable fun, things like doing the dishes, laundry, or driving to work, you can also make things that are generally thought of as enjoyable, not fun, or unpleasant. I think of trying to play a game with that one person, and sometimes I've been this person, who is getting way too competitive, taking it way too seriously, and just basically sucks the fun out of the experience. And I do want to just say that this is why we call it reality creation, because the way that we relate and engage with something and the quality of our attention and energy when we're engaging with something can actually change the experienced reality. And so like I said, although when we think of fun and, you know, I asked around a few people to just kind of share what comes to mind when they think of fun, we tend to think of activities. I think that comes back to the fact that we've kind of been taught to compartmentalize fun. But for me, this is more about recognizing that we don't have to reserve fun for only specific areas of our lives like games and sports and leisure activities i always i never know whether it's leisure or leisure but you know what i'm getting at so how can we kind of break down and reverse engineer what actually makes something fun and then integrate those qualities into different areas of our lives so i did ask this question on instagram so i'll share your responses but i'm also going to start off with my thoughts the first attribute of fun that i think goes without saying is pleasure and enjoyment. So on a sensory level, you are experiencing whatever physiological experience makes you feel like you are enjoying something. Whatever combination of physical sensations makes you feel like something is enjoyable and light and fun. The next attribute of fun for me is variety or having an unexpected or uncertain element. We tend to think that as we get into adulthood, we have to have things all figured out. But to me, that's boring and it doesn't leave space for evolving and expanding and changing your mind and being surprised and being excited and not knowing what's going to happen. I think a lot of the time we kind of come to orient ourselves towards uncertainty with fear And we're taught to eliminate any and all uncertainty and protect ourselves against every single possible uncertain element. But I think when we want to have a little bit more fun with it, it's more of an experimental experience where we're kind of just saying, okay, let me try this and see what happens. Let me try this and see what happens. And again, coming back to the shame element and the programming element, well, I would add that another quality that we're taught to really have in adulthood is consistency. And what that means is maybe we feel insecure about changing our mind, trying something different, going down one path and then deciding to do something different. And that for me has been really, really important to let go of actually because I really personally don't feel like I came here 
into this reality to just do one thing and stick with it. I think that there is a great deal of what am I trying to say here I think there's a need for me specifically and I would say that this is shared with other people a need to know and be aware of when something is done and when I need to move on and I didn't come here to hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. find one thing to do and do that for the rest of my life I that sounds boring to me and again if you consider playing a video game or playing a game of any kind if you were to just play the game over and over and over again and there were no no new aspects of it or no unexpected aspects of it again it would probably get very boring and predictable and yes you could get very good at the game but would you want to keep playing it if there was no element of uncertainty or to put this into a different context some of the most enjoyable sports games for example are the ones where you don't know what the outcome is going to be when it's really close and you know you're kind of on the edge of your seat that keeps things interesting and keeps things exciting and fun and when it comes to this element of newness and variety it doesn't mean that you have to be trying to do something different every single time but shifting your attitude shifting the way that you see things shifting the way that you do things in very small ways can even add a little bit of texture and variety to life another element for me of fun is this attitude of 
lightheartedness and carefree and kind of this quality of openness. Again, not always needing to know how things are going to turn out, not taking things too seriously and kind of being detached from the outcome. Again, if you come back to playing a board game or a card game or a sports game with someone who is so incredibly serious and takes it so seriously and is so upset if it doesn't go the way that they want, it's generally not as enjoyable and it becomes more of a kind of competitive pressure-filled environment. And again, competition can be fun, but when it gets tipped too far in that direction, it kind of takes that lightheartedness out of the experience. There's also this element of kind of timelessness and being completely immersed in an experience where you don't really feel or I guess you're not really aware of time and it just kind of passes you by without noticing. I find that that is often a sign that I'm really having a good time or having fun. Whereas on the other hand, if you think of being really bored and something being really dull, it's almost like the time is going by so slowly and you're just watching the clock and waiting for that experience to be over. Another one which is really interesting to me because I think we can bring in the conversation about what the opposite of fun is And in this case, I think a really important attribute of fun is actually choice and having sort of the willingness to be doing something. And so when I say, when I talk about this idea of what is the opposite of fun, I think a lot of us would initially think boredom. And I definitely think that's true. But when I think about the spectrum, I would say that on the other side of fun is almost obligation. When we think about which aspects of our lives are fun, at the very least for me, I think they're the things that I choose to do, especially in my free time. Because when we have free time, we have choice. We have the choice, I should say, of how we're going to fill it. Coming back to this idea of balance, I think many of us are tipped too far on the side of obligation and the majority of our lives are composed of things that we feel obligated to do rather than things that we actually have chosen and want to do. I also mentioned briefly detachment but I just want to touch on this again. I think detachment and removing labels or even value judgments on the outcomes of the experience so for example failure I think that makes an experience a lot more fun when you're just kind of doing it just to do it and just for its own sake not necessarily just because you want to win or just because you want to come out ahead that can be a really nice bonus and a nice byproduct of having a lot of fun in an activity but I think It kind of defeats the purpose of the activity when we are so incredibly attached to the outcome. And again, this doesn't just speak for games. We're speaking in any area of life. It can just make an experience a little bit more, have a little bit more pressure on you. This also kind of ties into that idea, but also I think sort of this idea of purposelessness where, again, I don't know if that's a word, but something that doesn't have a purpose, doing activities just to do them, not taking up knitting because you want to monetize it or not starting to paint because you want to become a renowned artist, just engaging with an activity 
simply for the pleasure and simply for the fun. I think that completely changes the experience because you're not trying to perfect it and you're not trying to, you know, one day down the line sell your work, which again, maybe that's a nice byproduct of repeatedly enjoying something. But if that's the only objective, again, I just think that takes the it takes the fun out of it. An example of this for me is exercise. I used to kind of use exercise more as a punishment and less as a way of having fun and enjoying myself. And since I've shifted into using exercise for my mental health and actually enjoying it, my way of exercising has completely changed. I'm not hard on myself if I want to, you know, cut a workout short or if I want to just do something really light and easy because I'm not necessarily doing it simply for the objective of having a better body, losing weight. I'm just doing it because it feels good and I have fun doing it. Okay, like I said, I asked on Instagram what you all thought about what makes something fun. So I'm just going to go to the sticker now and read out some of your responses as well. So let's see here. The first person said sharing something with someone makes something fun and somebody else said the company you are with. And I would completely agree with that because you could have this big experience, this big party that was supposed to be really fun, but if you're not with the right company, it can feel the opposite of fun. And I also think it comes to, uh, I also think an important aspect is comfort and feeling comfortable with the people you're with and being able to just lose yourself in the experience and not feel like you are trying to put on a show or anything along those lines and I would say when it comes to these answers of sharing it with someone or having company I think that starts with having fun with yourself and then when you enjoy your own company and you enjoy your own presence you're able to I think experience more of that with other people because you're not so hard on yourself you're not so self-conscious And, you know, you can really just be in that experience and be in the moment. Another person said, a willing and enthusiastic participant can make anything fun, which again comes back to that idea that it's not just a subset of activities in life that can be fun, but when we have this quality of willingness and openness and enthusiasm, we can make almost anything fun. Another person said, when you can be really in the moment and forget about stressful things, Yes, I completely agree with that. When you can kind of get out of your head, I would say, and not be so concerned with your responsibilities and you can kind of allow those to take a backseat and just really, really be in the moment and fully immersed. Very similar, this person said, childlike fun, letting go, not forcing anything for type two fun, accomplishment and a story. I don't think I know what that means. I don't think I know what type two fun is. I'm going to look it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I remember. It's funny. It's one of those things I always see people saying and I never really know what they're talking about. But type two fun, I just looked it up, is basically that type of fun that in the moment is kind of miserable. But when you look back on the experience, again, like this this person said, you have a fun story to tell to other people and it's kind of something that you can look back on with fondness. I think that's kind of interconnected with the idea that 
having that sense of variety and challenge and achievement and satisfaction can actually make things fun. It's not all about things being easy. We can also derive fun and pleasure from things that are challenging. Another person said not worrying while doing it, which is very similar to one of the previous responses. Experiencing joy or satisfaction and no frustration. Another person said must provoke giggles. That's so true. I feel like fun for me really is interconnected with laughter and laughter that is not forced and is very natural. Another person said anything that makes my inner child excited. Yes, I definitely agree. This one's interesting when it doesn't feel like a chore. Again, I think this is kind of in line with what I said about things not feeling obligatory and To me, when something feels like a chore, it feels obligatory. Another person said, I feel like it's an inherent feeling that you can't force or create. It just happens when you're doing something that is truly for you in a way that works for you. Yeah, I think that idea of in a way that works for you. And this actually reminds me of something, I guess like a point of contention between me and Jamie in our early days was that we experience fun in very different ways and when I tried to pressure myself to experience fun in the way that he does it was unenjoyable for me and the same was true in reverse so we did have to kind of find a middle ground basically for context he is more of a adrenaline junkie and he likes things that are more high energy whereas I'm more of a kind of lower impact and like slow moving type of person and I think we both had trouble at the beginning when we tried to put ourselves into the other person's category and it just felt kind of unnatural and for me it wasn't fun and I think another attribute for me that's very connected with fun is feeling safe and if I don't feel safe I don't have fun so giving myself permission to engage with activities in the way that works for me i think that is really important okay a couple more answers here freedom to experiment and not worry about the outcome of whatever you're doing whether it's painting or knitting etc doing something just because you enjoy it no pressure or expectations for what it has to become yes very connected with one of the ideas that i shared that i also very much connect with Ooh, this person also said something that I hadn't thought of, and they said not rushing through it. Then any activity can be more thoughtful, fun, and relaxing. Yes, this is actually really good. I think a sense of urgency for me makes things less fun. So definitely not rushing through it. I I can really resonate with that. So I would say that the majority of this episode has been examining my personal relationship with fun and the kind of narrative that I have surrounding fun and how it seems like it's very connected with childhood and then understandably we don't want to be perceived as childish so maybe we avoid playfulness and fun but I know that everybody has a different perspective and a different relationship so I'm going to provide some I guess journal prompts that can help you to explore your own relationship and perhaps rework your relationship with fun so there's just a few questions what aspect of my day slash life is fun what do I look forward to how do I define fun do I see the value in fun 
What associations do I have with fun? And how do these associations, excuse me, impact my relationship with fun? And then another really interesting prompt is coming back to this idea of obligation and a lack of choice. What percentage of my life am I enduring versus what percentage of my life am I enjoying? And if you feel like fun isn't a big part of your life, it's interesting to ask yourself when you stopped having fun and why. And then the other question that I asked on Instagram was basically, what is your relationship with fun? Because as I mentioned, this is obviously from my own perspective, but I thought it would be helpful to integrate a few different perspectives on this on this question. So one person said, I'm definitely missing fun in my life. Everything is directed towards productivity and I really miss having fun. Yes, absolutely. Again, I feel like that predominant focus of productivity, career success, achievements, etc. kind of eliminates the space and the need for fun. Another person said very similarly, always feeling like I need to make any of my fun hobbies productive or monetize them. Yeah, so it's really interesting because even though we compartmentalize fun into specific hobbies or activities and we kind of tuck that away, we will still integrate the same kind of energy that we have with work into those hobbies and those activities to the point where nothing in our lives has those attributes that we spoke about of carelessness and complete presence. We're putting so much pressure on every area of our life to become something and to be monetized in some way. And I think that really, really takes away from the enjoyment of the activity. Okay, I'm not going to read all of them because there's a lot. Um, This person said, sometimes I feel like I have to schedule time for fun or else I look lazy. Someone else said, very difficult to enjoy and prioritize fun and play for me, even if it's necessary for my creativity. So I'd be curious to know why it's difficult and if the reasons that it's difficult are in any way lined up to what I shared or what some of these people shared in terms of Maybe on some level we don't see things like fun and play and even rest as important and necessary because we don't see a direct translation into an output. And that's what we really want to see when we're kind of living in capitalism. Someone else said, after quitting my job due to burnout, I had to rediscover myself and also rediscover that fun was all right and normal and that it's basically what we're here on earth for. So I 100% agree that the system, school and work makes us forget that. Yeah, I just, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's so interesting to me that so many of us have a, what I call complicated relationship with fun because it's such a basic and innate thing. And the fact that so many of us, even in these in these answers are having to relearn how to have fun that to me is like tragic and yeah I could go on about that for a while but I won't I'll keep reading these let's see I feel like I have to be good at something in order for it to be fun or worth it yeah that's really interesting I definitely can relate to that and what's coming to mind for me is actually really random but I remember getting into kind of like a back and forth with someone on TikTok who commented on one of my videos about the fact that I think it's healthy to just do things just 
to do them and not necessarily for any outcome. And I was specifically talking about exercise and this person kind of projected onto me what you're speaking to about this fact, this idea that we have to be good at something in order for it to be worth it. And they basically just said like, what's the point of doing anything if you're not trying to be good at it? And again, like, why do we have to be good at anything? Why does that actually matter? If it, if it means that we're going to progress in a certain career, then that's one thing. But other than that, why does it actually matter? If you're having fun doing something, I really don't think anything else should matter. And again, for me, mastery of something is a byproduct of repeatedly enjoying an activity. It's not a goal in and of itself. And I think we've become so obsessed with mastery that we've ultimately forgotten how to have fun. Okay, I also got a few like longer ones in my DMs and I thought they were really interesting. So I'll read out I'll read out one of them which says I realized through therapy recently that I'd spent most of my childhood being in a parent-child role reversal, so having fun was something that was really controlled and restricted. This was to avoid any unnecessary energy being placed on me because there were higher priorities. I'm learning as an adult that I actually want to be more childish and have more adventures, do more or fun, uh, excuse me, do more fun or spontaneous things because I'm making up for all that I lost in childhood. Wow, that is, that's really interesting. And first of all, let me just say I'm sorry that that really sounds like something that you shouldn't have had to experience in terms of the joy of childhood having been taken away from you too early and feeling like having fun and enjoying your life was unnecessary because there were higher priorities. And I think that that is the transition that happens for many as we kind of get into the quote-unquote real world but unfortunately I think also at the same time it happens for a lot of people much much younger when they have to take on a lot more responsibility or prioritize different things I think that that can be really difficult and I certainly understand why now in adulthood you would want to make up for that lost time and Really, I think that every one of us can learn from this and recognize the value and that spending energy on things like fun and play without any particular attachment to the outcome, that is a priority and that does matter. And yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. I hope that this episode provided a little bit more of a reflection on your own relationship with fun and collectively how we can embrace it a little bit more and recognize that it's not childish it's it's an essential part of life and an essential part of life at every age i believe so here's to having more fun i look forward to seeing and hearing how your relationship with fun starts to shift and yeah i really really appreciate you guys as always thank you for sharing your responses for your vulnerability and honesty sounds like many of us are kind of experiencing a lot of similar things so yeah thank you for being here thank you for listening 
I love you guys and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you in next week's episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.